to Time of Restoration broadcast. We are so happy that you have tuned in and pray that something will be said to bless you, encourage your heart, lift your spirit, and increase your faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. For this is the day that the Lord hath made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. I thank God for the opportunity that I've had to rejoice, to magnify, to honor, and to worship my Lord and my Savior. I thank God because, like I often hear me say, and it's, it's worth repeating, because God is so merciful, he, he loadeth us up with benefits. And because he does, he is worthy of all of our praise. I just thank God for this opportunity. And uh, I am doing a teaching on uh, the, about peace and the peace of God, a legacy which he has left for us. But before I go into the teaching on this morning or this evening, whatever time you're listening, I'm going to be reading Psalms 26. The Lord laid that on my heart to read. And I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. It says, Declare me innocent, O Lord, for I have acted with integrity. I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Put me on trial, Lord, and cross-examine me. Test my motives and my heart, for I am always aware of your unfailing love, and I have lived according to your truth. Do not spend time with liars or go or go along with hypocrites. I hate the gatherings of those who do evil, and I refuse to join in with the wicked. I wash my hands to declare my innocence. I come to your altar, O Lord, singing a song of thanksgiving and telling of all your wonders. I love your sanctuary, Lord, the place where your glorious presence dwell. Don't let me suffer the fate of sinners. Don't condemn me along with murderers. Their hands are dirty with evil schemes, and they constantly take bribes. But I am not like that. I live with integrity. So redeem me and show me mercy. Now I stand on solid ground, and I will publicly praise the Lord. What an awesome psalms. You know, David was saying here, it says, in asking God to declare him innocent, David was not claiming to be sinless. That is impossible for any human being to achieve. Instead, he was pleading with God to clear his name of the false charges made against him by his enemies. You also can ask God to examine you, trusting him to forgive your sins and clear your record 
according to his mercy. And then in verses 4 and 5, he says, Should we stay away from unbelievers? When he said, I do not spend time with liars or go along with hypocrites. And when I've read that verse, I says, wow, you know, you can, the liars and unbelievers, but when you think about the hypocrites, the hypocrites are those that are claiming to be Christians, but their lifestyle doesn't, you know, agree with that, you know, with what they're saying. They're saying that they're, they love the Lord, but their lifestyle says something else. Their talk says something else. Their actions says other things. So he was saying, should we stay away from unbelievers? No. Although Christians should avoid some places, Jesus demonstrated that we must go out among unbelievers to help them. There is a difference. However, between spending time with unbelievers and being one of them, acting like unbelievers harms our witness for God. And that's that hypocrite, being hypocritical. Ask yourself about the people you enjoy. If you are with them often, will you become less obedient to God in outlook or action? If the answer is yes, Carefully monitor how you spend your time with these people and their effect on you. You know, you think about Psalms 1 where it says, you know, uh, how you are not to congregate, you know, with the world, you know. Uh, I'm going to go to verse 8 now. It says, here, I love your sanctuary, Lord. The place where your glorious presence dwell. The mention of God's sanctuary in this verse refers to either the tabernacle in Gibeon, uh, the one constructed in the days of Moses, or the temporary dwelling David built to house the Ark of the Covenant. David examined how he loved to worship God in this place. He was setting an example for all believers to release their hearts, minds, and bodies in praise and to worship. And then verse 12, it says, Often we complain about our problems to anyone who will listen and praise God only in private. But it says, instead, we ought to complain privately and praise God publicly. So we see here that, you know, David was asking the Lord to, to judge him. He was asking the Lord to really judge him and uh, make sure that his heart was right. But the main thing we want to know is that we declare, he says, declare me innocent, O Lord, for I have acted with integrity. And when you have acted with integrity and you know, you know, you have loved people, you've loved your enemies, and yet you can see people around you and the enemy working through them, but you still love them, you know, regardless of what you see, because we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities, rulers of darkness in high places. Love your enemies. And one thing David knew how to pray for them, even though he started praying things kind of harsh against them, but when it was all said, he knew how to trust God in light of his enemies. Father God, we just thank you for your word. And we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne of grace. 
Lord, we ask, O oh God, that you, we are praying for leaders of nations everywhere. God, we are praying, O oh God, for our president. We are praying for leaders in other nations. We are praying for the president of the Ukraine. Lord, and we are asking, oh God, that you will continue to be with those refugees and to be with those that are losing their lives, God. Lord, we just ask, oh God, that you will be with those that have lost loved ones. You are our God of comfort. Lord, we ask in today, Lord, that you will be with the mothers and the children that have gone on, oh God, trying to find a new life. Lord, and I know it, it, it has to be. I can't even imagine it in the name of Jesus. But Lord, we know that you promised never to leave us nor to forsake us. God, we thank you for your master plan of redemption. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And Lord, we are blessing and we are, we are blessing our enemies. We are praying for those, God. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, God, we, we, are, we are praying for our enemies as you have instructed us to do. And Lord, we're asking that you would lift up the body of Christ, unite us. We bind every spirit of deception or every spirit that will come against us to try to deceive us or to trick us or in any way to, 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 to break our relationship and communion with you in the name of Jesus, whether it's gossip, whether it's deceitfulness, whatever it is, we don't want to operate. You know, as Psalms 1 says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. We don't want to dwell in the midst of the ungodly, but we want to, you know, always be doing the right thing. The Bible says never get tired of doing the right thing. Never get tired of doing good because in due season you will reap for doing good. But we need to know that there is a law of reciprocity. You reap what you sow. And if you're not sowing love, you're not going to, you know, reap love. If you're sowing deceitfulness, you're going to reap it. So we have to not forget that law of reciprocity that works. Because the Bible says, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. And so we are praying today and we're asking God, you know, to search our hearts and make sure that, you know, we are acting in integrity and we are living the way he desires us to live. We are binding the spirit and we're coming against the spirit of abortion. We're speaking life to those who are contemplating suicide. Lord, we're asking, oh God, that people shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. We are praying for the elderly, Lord. We are praying for those that are sick. Oh God, those on our prayer list that we pray for uh, often, daily, in fact, we pray for them. And we're asking that you would deliver those that need deliverance, those that, those that need housing, those that need, oh God, jobs, whatever the situation is, God, we thank you for standing in the gap. We are lifting up marriages today. Oh God, we ask that you would heal broken homes and, and restore, oh God, broken families in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we'll just be so careful to give your name the praise. We are thank you for thank you for restoration for the elders, the ministers, the deacons, every member, God, our assistant pastor. Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing at that particular local vineyard. And we pray, oh God, that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth 
as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We come against sex trafficking. We are praying for victims of day and night. Oh God, we are praying that robbers and rapists and murderers, oh God, God will be apprehended in the name of Jesus. And God, just make known your wonders everywhere. Oh God, you are a great God. You are a good God in the name of Jesus. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever promise you promise never to leave us and lord tonight we bless your name and we give your name the praise in jesus name amen as i continue the teaching the peace of god a legacy uh we want to continue that teaching and we were talking about a legacy and a legacy is anything that's handed down from the past as from an ancestor or a predecessor. You know, it says leaving behind a legacy means making an impact that will last long after you die. It could be uh, financial with something you create or through the people you, you touched while you were alive. The good news is it's never too late to start working on building a legacy that will outlive you and we were sharing the fact that the legacy God left us is which is which is our uh, verse of this teaching which is st. John 14 verse 7 uh, I think it's John 14 let me make sure I have that right John 14 verse 27 and it talks about my peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. So right there, when we look at that, when he says, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, he was leaving right then a legacy for us as believers. And he was saying, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So that was the peace that God left with every believer. And I had read an article last week for you where it talks about the greatest things people want in life is peace. I mean, you know, can you imagine that's what the U Ukrainians want? They want peace. Who wants to live in the midst of turmoil? No one likes to live in the peace in the midst of turmoil. People always want peace. Even when the, 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 the his disciples were all hid in the room after his crucifixion. And when he came into the room, he greeted them with shalom, peace. Because he knew they were afraid. They were agitated. They didn't know what was going to happen to them. So, you know, we God wants us to have peace. I also talked about that um, the Lord had left us also gifts. And one of the gifts of God I gave you was the fact that he blessed us with strength and with peace. And that's Psalm 29, verse 11. The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. So when you consider that, that's a gift. 
you know. So we talked about that gift. But tonight, what I would like to share with you, even though we're talking about peace, I would like to share with you other gifts beyond the gift of peace that God has given us. And peace is, is a powerful one. One of the other gifts he's given us is rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, it says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So you can ask the question, but how is that done? Well, if you continue reading Matthew 29, the verses 29 and 30 of the 11th chapter, it says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So if you're heavy laden, if you're out there tonight, grab hold, accept that gift from Christ. These are, these are the gifts of Christ that he left. Okay, so it says, uh, come unto me, all ye that labor, and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Another gift he's given us, Jesus Christ, is the keys of the kingdom. Matthew 16, 19. And I give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou sh uh, shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven heaven. So what he has given us, that's another gift he's given us. He's given us keys. Keys denotes authority. And, and the keys he's given us, he's given us the authority to bind and to loose. When you think about heaven, is that is is, is sadness in heaven? Is there sad, sadness in heaven? Is there sickness in heaven? You know, uh, is that chaos in heaven? No, no, no. So if, if it's not in heaven, you know, so if if whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So if you're on this earth and, and you find yourself in the midst, midst of confusion, sadness, you know, depression, you can bind that spirit that's on you and release from heaven the spirit of joy. The Bible, that's a key. He's given us the authority. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. He says, and I give unto thee the keys of the kingdom. This is a kingdom principle that whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever shall be loosed on earth shall be loosed from heaven. So if we loosen and pray and asking the Lord to give us joy, even, even when you come to sickness, there's no, there's no sickness in heaven. No one is sick there, but we can pray healing, you know, on this earth from heaven to our bodies. So that's another gift he's given us, the keys of the kingdom. Then we have the, another gift is the power over evil spirits. Luke 10, 18 says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, I don't, now there are a sect of people that will go get snakes and 
try to charm them and pray, but he's not talking about that. If by chance you were to, you know, be bit or something you maybe drink or could have harmed you, God can spare your life. So he's telling us, you know, we can tread over scorpions and uh, snakes and scorpions and nothing in any way should harm us. So we can trust God to know that we are protected. Also, another gift he's given us is living water. John 4 and 14. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Hallelujah. He's also given us the gift of the bread of heaven. John 6 verse 51. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Hallelujah. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He gave us eternal life. John 10 verse 28. That's another gift he's given us. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my father's hand. Know this. No one can pluck you out of his hand. But sometimes people choose to walk out of his hand because he said he's married to the backslider. He's married to the backslider. I mean, I do know there are, you know, different, you know, denominations that believe once saved, always saved. And I think as long as we have been obedient to his word, you know, but people can choose to walk away. But no man can pluck us out. But we can choose to walk away. So we want to know, know that you have eternal life. You know, stay with the Lord, continue with him. To say the race isn't given to the swift or to the uh, strong, but to the one that endures to the end. Endure, you know, the long suffering, the things you have to go through, you know, to uh, to be in right standing with the, with the Lord. The Bible clearly lets us know that if by chance as a sinner, if we fall short, he's con uh, made provisions for us. That if we confess that sin, he will forgive us for that sin, then cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we thank God for that, you know, gift that he's given us. And when we think about uh, the last uh, gift that I'm going to share is the, is the one that I'm talking about, the legacy of peace. And I'm going to read for you again, John 14, 27. And it says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And you often hear me say that the world's peace is temporary. You know, it's, it's a quick fix, a, a quick high. You know, once, once it's over, you're back into the same situation. But we want, you know, that peace that is lasting. The peace that, you know, is that surpasses all understanding. We want the peace of God that rules, you know, as an empire to, in, to in our hearts, you know. That's the kind of peace we want. So now, as I compare all of those gifts, 
And when I was looking at all those gifts God has given us, as we look at and compare the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians uh, to the seven gifts of Christ that I just shared, it says uh, those gifts in uh, or the fruit of the Spirit that's in Galatians 5, chapter 5, verses 22 and 23 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And when I read that and made that comparison, they both are hinged and held up by love. Because one of the fruit of the Spirit is peace. So if we can keep our love walk, intact keep our love walk intact hallelujah we are going to operate in peace we're going to experience the peace of god the legacy that was left we will experience it so keep in mind the peace of god a legacy that was left for all of us so that we don't have to be in turmoil or be confused. The Bible said, you know, he would even make your enemies be at peace with you. You know, as you keep your mind stayed on thee. He said he would even make your enemies be at peace with you. So then he would keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. So tonight we just thank you. I'm going to leave you with that that uh, the peace of God, a legacy, and just, you know, think about the gifts that Christ Jesus has left us beyond the legacy of peace. So tonight, if you're out there and you want to accept Jesus as your personal Savior, pray this prayer with me. Father God, I confess that I am a sinner. Jesus Come and live on the inside of me. Wash me with your blood. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Be my Lord, my Savior, and my friend. If you prayed that prayer, if you accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, I am rejoicing with you. The angels in heaven are rejoicing. Now go and let someone know that you accepted Jesus. If you're out there and you're not experiencing peace, the peace of God, we are praying for you tonight that you will accept the various gifts that Jesus Christ left for us. He left for us rest, keys of the kingdom, power over evil spirits, living water, bread of life, eternal life, and the legacy of peace. The Bible says, as much as lies within you, live at peace with all men. Whatever you do, always tell someone about Jesus, because Jesus is Lord.
Jesus is the answer. The world needs the Lord. The world needs Jesus. The day will come that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. God bless.